everyone. Welcome to part two of the Golden Ratio Q&A podcast. How you doing, Jared? Dad? Hello again. Has anything changed in the five minutes since we finished part one and started part two? Well, I learned that when you meant we're just taking a little break, you meant we're just taking a little break and not we're continuing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's changed in my head. Yeah. Well. Here we are still. Seat still warm from previous session. You did fold some laundry, though. I feel good about this. Frog protection. <laughs> okay. Uh, what are your favorite things about each other? Aww. That's a nice one. Yeah. I like your enthusiasm. Oh, I like how... For late- me. <laughs> I'm very enthusiastic about you. Yeah. I like how laid back you are about stuff, because I do a whole lot of bullshit. <laughs> I don't like think so. Like a whole whole lot of it in a lot of different ways and you're like that's awesome like i support that bullshit that you're doing yeah it's really nice that takes the pressure off me to do the bullshit it's great i can just hang out you need an audience all right well i am that audience (laughs) i don't even know sometimes i'm like dear dad i'm gonna be gone for eight hours and it's a secret project and you're like awesome can i do anything i'll take care of the dogs you want anything should i bring you water yeah and you're like that's great well it's lovely be safe here's a here's a knife yeah, you, GR Dad literally bought me this week a knife that straps onto my thigh. Which is pretty sexy, oh actually. Oh, my God. I feel like Laura Croft from Tomb Raider, who I was, like, very hot for at the time that she I, was a video game. I weakly pointed out that I think it's for the calf, and then immediately was like, yeah, it's for the thigh. <laughs> He's like, you need this when you're doing it's your It's like stuff. a scuba knife. You need it for, like, it's you know, awesome. cutting your enemy's air supply i mean this is exi- <laughs> this is exactly the kind of thing that i love about jr dad i'm out doing this crazy stuff and he's like you know what she needs a knife that'll strap onto her thigh and then he buys it for me and he's like you need this to like catch your enemy's air supply yeah, and i'm know. like yeah be, i do need that might be enemies that's great okay we could do a long one on that but i think that we'll just we like each other we get along pretty good oh. yeah um do you like being so popular on social media or would you rather be less known? I imagine there are pros and cons. What do you think, GR Dad? I don't seek it out at all. I think it's an... I, I mean, I appreciate that people like our content and the dogs, you know, that it can make them feel good and that's great and that's important and it makes them laugh or distracts them. That's very good and I see that as kind of helpful. Yeah. So I'll do it for that, but I don't care about the popularity at all. I would be quite fine without it. It's yeah. it's weird for me. And I my my feelings about it are a little different, but they're not just like, oh, I really want to be famous cuz that's not it for me. Like there are weird famous elements that come from different parts of my life, you know, some from this, but then also some from like my job job where people will recognize me from stuff. And I do find that weird, like not necessarily bad, but it's like super weird when someone is like, oh, you know, I know you, you're, you know, you did that great courses course that I listened to, or I saw you on MSNBC. You did the Kojo show. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not bad and nobody's been creepy about it, but it is a little weird to not be anonymous. Um, But I, you know, I don't wish the account were less popular because I very much thrive on the positive response to the stuff I make, right? I, I see, Yeah, I agree with that. Like the social media accounts, all of them, I mean, I get so excited about it because like I am a scientist, but there's a big part of me that like wants to make art, mm. right? And not that our golden ratio stuff is art at all, but it gives me that kind of like, I am creating it's things. It's definitely like, creative. It's very creative. Um, and, you know, there, there's something to be said. And, and I totally get like people who just do creative stuff for themselves. Like I saw some TikTok, some guys like, uh, I stumbled onto like painter TikTok, which was interesting. I do not paint. <laughs> and this guy's like, you know, I love painting. And I told my friend, I love painting. And my friend's like, are you any good at it? And he's like, if I told you I like to go for walks, would you be like, are you any good at it? <laughs> like, what does that even mean? Like, it does I would like it less if I were good at it. Which, he didn't say he's a basketball player or, you know, like, you know, a competitive sport player. Yeah. 
And like with my running, I'm sort of like that. Like I really am not at all competitive. I don't it's care true. about being fast. I don't. It's not a matter of being good. Like I, I've got the own my own stuff that like I strive for there. But here, like I really like creating stuff that people like. Mm-hmm. And so if we were less popular, like that's voodoo in the background. There, there you go. Um, you know, I mean, I, we're definitely like, I'm not playing any games to like build up our followership or whatever, become this popular thing. But the popularity is a very nice validation of people like the things that I create. Yeah. So that, that's good. And look, I, I am, I find it, I think it's great that it, that it means something to people and that, you know, people who write us letters and, you know, and send us stuff. It's, it's, it's great. That's a wonderful, positive it's so nice, yeah. thing to do. I'm going to take care of Voodoo <laughs> so somehow. During the entirety of part one of the podcast, Voodoo was laying out on the front porch, which is like not the best place to lay because it has the stairs next to it. And he could just go downstairs and wander around the yard and eat the recycling. And he doesn't. He just laid out there for two hours. But he really likes to be outside. And so we brought him inside after the podcast. And now he's just laying there making his sounds. So Dad is giving him some love. He also did this last night at like 1.30. He just started making these sounds and I ended up like giving him a frozen yogurt filled Kong just to shut him the heck up because we like we both took him out and then he was still like all wound up. So this is a this is a thing we're going to have to work on with Voods is getting him to settle down at nighttime and be quiet. All right, Voods. Oh. Woods is giving you dirty looks behind your back. <laughs> he's like, he's sleeping, but now he's sitting up looking at you. Well, if he barks, I'll take care of him. Grumbler. He may be trying to incite Guac to play with him. He does make these sounds for Guac reasons. Oh, your dad's going to try to make it happen. Guac ball has been thrown over to Voodoo. Conflict may ensue. Um, Jared, dad, any tips for living in Germany? I'm looking to move there soon. Oof. <laughs> it's a different society. Yeah. yeah. Try to try to figure out what the sort of unofficial rules are and the the mores. See if you can find I mean people generally will will be fine, will be friendly. There's no problem there. Um but it's just got different rules about, you know, how how things work. You don't you don't have paper checks. There's like weird quirky little things that are that are unique. You need a German mentor. Yeah, I mean, it'd just be good to, yeah, yeah, find a, a German mentor. Yeah. <laughs> this question is: What do you wish people would stop doing? What grinds your gears? Just like in general, maybe, or maybe <laughs> for the account. I got a lot of complaints about society <laughs> in general. <laughs> yeah, I I'm trying to work on this myself, but just let people enjoy something. Quit bitching about someone else liking something for pete's sake that's a twitter thing right but if someone says i like rainbows they'll be like rainbows are stupid you should like something else like just leave it let them enjoy rainbows i mean or frogs or whatever right i mean just let people have something nice i will say one thing that that i've tried to figure out a way to make people stop doing is that very well-meaning and concerned people will offer me health advice about myself on my uh running channel but also sometimes about the dogs and i am a hypochondriac which is not whatever the politically correct term for it anymore but like i see a therapist for anxiety about health issues and when so when someone goes like here's the thing that happened i i had posted some story on my running instagram of a thing i had found i find all sorts of stuff on my runs i always put it on the story and i had a black line on my thumbnail like a skinny little black line yeah if you have a black line on your thumbnail and it goes all the way down to the base of your thumb it can be a sign of a very advanced melanoma skin cancer that you have basically have skin cancer in the bed and then it grows up and there's people who die from that kind of skin cancer because it's so advanced now there's a million reasons you get a little black line on your thumb and if it's melanoma (laughs) you can just let him let him cry it out dear dad it's okay yeah uh, if it's melanoma, it starts at the base of your nail, always. Like it doesn't doesn't grow up. So then it's like the base, the bottom half of your nail is fine, and the top half is black. Yeah. It's that there's cancer, and the cancer blackens the nail continuously. Um, my line was like halfway up 
I, I clearly like smashed my thumb on something or I may have stuck a pin under it in something. I'm not on purpose, right? But I'll let him out. He's fine. If you keep if you keep responding to his sounds like this, he's gonna keep making his sounds like this. I hate them. I also hate them, but we can't just give in. We have to make him deal with it. Okay. Uh, so anyway, I had the skinny little black line on my thumb. It was not attached to the base, but like eight people messaged me and were like, I'm really concerned about that black line on your thumb. This could be melanoma. So here's what happens when you do that to me. I spend about a week at about half my functioning level because I'm worried about it. That's what happens. I'm and like I have techniques to make myself like stop Googling stuff or stop checking on it. I ended up cutting my nail about halfway down, like way past the point where it hurt to make sure it would go away. Uh, it's really bad for me when people give me health advice. And of course, when it's like internal stuff, right? Like, oh, I'll be like, man, I've been trying to run this week and I'm just exhausted. And they're like, you know, well, that can be a sign of this sort of anemia and you should go see the doctor. Like, fuck you. It's because I ran 60 miles last week. Like, leave me the fuck alone. But then I go, I'd better check this thing. Like, it really inhibits my ability to function well. So I've muted a lot of people who have said that. And I know they mean well and they're trying to be nice, but it is 100% not welcome for you to say a single fucking thing. I don't care how concerned you are about me. You are not my in-house friend, right? Like you are not a person who lives with me. Like you don't know what's going on in my real life. And I, unless I have specifically asked you for it, I don't, I don't want to hear it. It really screws my life up because my brain doesn't process this stuff well. And you may think, you may worry for yourself, but you gotta go worry about something else. Like, you can't worry about this with me. Like, I, I have almost put it in my Twitter bio. Like, health advice is not welcome. Do not send it. Because uh, it really does mess with me. So that's a, that's a thing that it's like, you know, it kind of comes with the territory of, like, talking about, you know, physical stuff or even, you know, dog health issues. I don't stress as much about it with the dog stuff, but it does irritate me. Like, it gets with, it comes with putting yourself out in front of, you know, 100,000 people. But I hate it. I hate it and it really screws me up. Um, so tell all your friends that GR Mom does not welcome even the tiniest bit of health advice. She's fine. I'm fine. And if I'm not fine, I promise you I have talked to my doctor about it. She's fine. And She's well taken care of. Yeah. Well monitored. There's a, this is a guac voodoo battle. I knew that's what he wanted. It's like Godzilla and Godzilla. Godzilla and the Muto. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Is the tea in Hopper T Dog like a Megan V Stallion situation? Like Hopper yes. the Dog? Yes, it's Hopper, but it's not T H E E, it's just Hopper the Dog. Yeah, and Megan V Stallion didn't invent it either. It was uh, Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog, but it wasn't it Mr. T? No, Mr. Period T. I guess he had period as his middle name. <laughs> Hopper T Dog is Hopper the Dog. Uh, also, do the other dogs have full names? So, yeah, someone's. He said, I think someone once replied to a CBGB tweet saying the GB could be Goldbeck Burkhart. So, so his name is Chief Brody. CBGB was a punk club in New York, I guess, like in the 70s and 80s, 80s like yeah. a real classic punk club called CBGB. So, CB is. Chief Brody, and it's just fun to say CBGB. I think you want, at one point they're like, oh, it could be good boy. Somebody had been like, oh, is the GB for good boy? It could be good boy. It could be Goldberg Burkhardt, but it doesn't actually stand for anything. It's just like, I like saying CBGB. Just saying CB wasn't enough. Yeah. And like... <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back. All right, who knows what that was? Clearly the dogs can't hold it together for more than <laughs> one episode at a time. All right, so uh, CBGB doesn't stand for anything. I mean, it stands for Chief Brody, and your mom likes to say CBGB. Yeah. Uh, nobody else has fuller names. No, Guacamole is the full name. We call him Guac, or Guacoman, or all the uh, derivations. Guacoman, he is a Jackoman. I sing a lot of songs about them. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, hang on, my spreadsheet's reloading. Okay. 
What's the GR family plan if a severe hurricane was coming to the Keys? We actually haven't talked about it. Yeah. What do we do? So we have been here for a cat one. I mean, that was fine. It kind of missed us. We were ready it for it. It didn't get real blowy for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, our house is real tough. I'd probably stay here through a category three. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll listen to the information and guidance that's given. That's going to be really important. Yeah. But for a four or a five, I mean, because we have a house that we can go to, here's the thing about the keys. Like we talk about there being one road, the power lines are above ground and on that one road. And so, you know, when they go down in a storm, they have to repair the whole hundred, you know, for us, 83 miles of them. Um, and also the water, we, which I know we've said, the water comes from the mainland. So there's just a big pipe that ru also runs along the one road. And like in Irma, the pipe was damaged in a few places. So it wasn't completely broken, but there, there wasn't enough water pressure. And so we have a bunch of friends who stayed, you know, stayed here for Irma and they didn't have water for two weeks, right? So you have to have enough water. So they couldn't shower. They couldn't, yeah. you couldn't really flush your toilets because all of the, um, whatever, the sewage pipes, like everything was flooded, right? Everything flooded. And so it kind of wouldn't go anywhere. Oof. So even if you had water to like put in the tank to make your toilet flush, you couldn't actually send any water down through the pipes. Pretty miserable. And then it's really, the weather is brutal in terms of being hot and stagnant and humid after a hurricane and so uh you know being here it's like okay there's not going to be power like we'll you know we'll have a generator next hurricane season we'll have a you know our neighbors actually were like you need to get a window air conditioner so at least one room of your house is bearable and i'm like that's a great idea um but for a cat four or five where we might be without water may as well go up to our house in maryland with the dogs in the rv and ride it out there is my thought yeah i mean it's that's the other thing right if, if we have the rv here it has a generator and and all the other stuff but the rv would get wrecked in a four or five it, it's For no sure. way it would with i mean it's a box right it's a thin walled box that just wants Indeed. to be ripped apart yeah yeah um but yeah in a you know it'd, be, it'd probably be fine through category three and we could always sleep in there maybe not it depends what blows over and Right, what happens. For, but it has, you know, for a few days we have plumbing in there and we have an air yep. conditioner. Yeah. Uh, have you <coughs> ever... <laughs> Man, is that dog annoying. Have you ever considered purchasing a boat? Considered and then discarded the thought, really. Yeah, It's a big really project confused. to have a boat. And none of us are really... Like, we don't fish and neither of us are, like, boat people. Yeah. Yeah, we could tootle around friend of ours just rented a boat and and she's quite pleased to, to go around i'm gonna let him out okay i don't like giving in to your wily face you're bullshit there's a lot of bullshit there he's always wagging his tail though i can't resist that guac may need to go too actually we'll be right back and we're back yep man is that dog i mean <laughs> voodoo has has just discovered that lying down and flop and turning into a 110 pound sack of potatoes is a very effective strategy to withdraw from society yeah all right how do you get rid of fleas on a dog and in your house uh so we don't have fleas because our dogs are on uh flea and tick prevention pills from the vet we use Nexgard. um you know you can also get the stuff that you squeeze on their back yeah this is these are tablets they eat yeah, they, the next guard are tablets they eat. Some some dogs, including some of ours, um, we used to use the liquid that you put between their shoulder blades, and I guess it kind of stings, like it would be irritating. Yeah. yeah, so it's not terrible, and voodoo has to be on that because you, apparently the pill ones don't go well with seizures. Um, but anyway, uh, they're on that every month, and our dogs never have fleas. Yeah. If you do have fleas in the house, I have helped other people treat fleas in their house. So the flea shampoo that you can get like at the grocery store works great. It works great. Kills them. Absolutely. Uh, so do a really thorough flea bath like that. If you're, you know, if you're going to start putting them on flea and tick medicine and they have an infestation, um, I would say go to the vet. They have a pill there called Capstar, which they can just give it to them at the vet. 
um, it's one dose and it kills all the fleas in an hour. Like they'll start falling off. <laughs> very on the satisfying. Home. It's very satisfying. Then give them a flea bath, brush them out to get all of the stuff out of there. And then for your house, I mean, what we would do is bomb the house, get the yes, raid, bomb. the raid foggers. Um, so you need three hours for that, but you, you know, you can buy also buy those at the grocery store or CVS or whatever. Those are excellent. Oh, they're so good. They kill all the bugs in your house. Uh, so we use those in the house that'll take care of fleas. And then you can also get like, I've, you know, used in people's houses, like the powder, these kind of sprinkle on the carpets and the, all the soft things, the couch and whatever, and vacuum it up. Um, you know, wash the fabrics that you can with bleach and soapy water. That'll take care of them. So it's not a, a huge problem as long as you're not bringing new ones in. And if your dogs are on the medicine, they won't be bringing new ones in. Yeah, that's what so. it is. They're going to get them from other dogs, probably. Or just the outside. Yeah. I mean, every dog we've brought in from rescue has had fleas. Yep. They just get them from stuff. So, uh, but yeah, our dogs have never... Never had fleas once they get to us because we just have them on the preventative every and month. And ticks, it's worth getting whatever kills ticks, right? That's why the next yeah. guard and the, the other stuff's good. Not as much, much for fleas, but for ticks, which cause... I mean, definitely for fleas and also for ticks. Liver. The, yeah, the fleas failure. won't kill you. Yeah. The ticks will, might kill you. Um, <laughs> per GR mom, what's the most annoying habit GR dad has and vice versa? So I ask GR dad this sometimes. I'm like, GR dad... What's an annoying thing I do so I can stop doing it? And he has yet to answer me. So I'm not going to answer this question unless he goes first. <coughs> That's what I thought you'd say. Yeah, I don't have anything where I'm <laughs> like, ah, oh, this really annoys me. Yeah, It's like, know. I can't believe it's true because I get annoyed with myself and I can't believe that you don't get annoyed yeah, well, with me. Well, you know, you're less tolerant than I am. <laughs> <laughs> So I have two, two questions here. How do you dress for a first date and how do you dress for a job interview? So let me tell you about my, my one biggest job interview regret in terms of dressing. And I did get the job offer, but I was very uncomfortable the whole time. So I interviewed, um, when I was finishing my master's degree, I had applied to a bunch of PhD programs. I didn't know if I was going to get in. So I also applied to the NSA for a crypt analyst position, basically a code breaking job. Um, and they were very excited to have me apply for that job. They flew me out to DC and I did a whole bunch of interviews all over the place. It went great, but I, you know, I mean, I was a very broke graduate student. Um, I had no adult clothes at all, right? I had jeans and t-shirts and torn up things, nothing fit. So I went and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy an outfit to wear for this. And it was like early springtime. It was really cold in dc but there were spring clothes in the store so i think i bought this like lavender like linen lavender skirt not the best choice but fine it would have been okay and then i bought a like purple camisole right like a fitted tank top with like spaghetti straps and i didn't buy anything to wear on top of oh, it oh yeah and even i was you know i went to banana republic or i think you know, I was like, I'm going to spend money on one outfit because, like, you know, Banana Republic is hard to afford when you're a broke student. And she was trying to get me to buy a thing on top of it. And I was like, no, I, like, think this looks good. And, and one, it costs more. <laughs> I I think I, I just think I thought, look, this matches. Like, it looks smooth. <laughs> I don't know. But then I got there and I was, like, mortified at how uncovered I felt. So I had worn a pea coat because it was chilly because it was early springtime and so i just kind of kept it on the whole time i remember some lady being like you can take your jacket off and me being just like oh you know i'm a little chilly i'm gonna keep it on but it was mostly i was like fuck like i am uncovered and i will say we see variations on this problem a lot in dc when the summer interns show up the college uh, frankly girls the the guys are boring as hell in their like khakis and navy blazers and button-down shirts but whatever it's like fine uh, the girls show up and they wear essentially what would be like cute to a party with a blazer. The And look, like you wear whatever you want, right? But like you asked me what to wear to a job interview. And if you're wearing the skirt that like is spandex and just goes past the bottom of your butt with a blazer, you're not dressed professionally in the way that they're looking for in a job interview and maybe once you get the job that's totally fine i mean i wear all kinds of crazy shit at work that like you know you can wear whatever you want in academia uh but what i wear for job interviews is really different so if you don't know because i totally didn't know at the time 
Uh, and when I interned in DC, I, I also, I mean, I ended up, which has happened a lot of my life, had like two outfits. I was like, these are the only two things that it's actually okay for me to wear. Um, go to like Banana Republic or J. Crew and look at their work section. And I, I understand you may not be able to afford your outfit from there, but you'll see what they have. And look at the full outfits. I mean, you can do it, you know, go to the website, look at the full outfits in the work section. And, you know, some of that's going to be like a suit, right? So for, and, and this works for men and women, right? Um, so it's going to be pants and a skirt and a blazer and a shirt underneath. It's going to show you what's okay. But some of it's going to be more dressed down. Like you'll have a sweater and a shirt and like a pair of pants or a skirt that's like a little more casual. But frankly, even if you showed up to like a, a business formal interview, you know, like where, you know, dear dad's jobs, I always felt weird when I'd go see him at his jobs because everybody's in a suit. They're very formal and I never dress like that. Even if you showed up to that in, you know, like a pair of trousers and a sweater and a button down shirt, like something that's a little more casual, it wouldn't get the same looks as like you wearing a spandex skirt that's too short or wearing, you know, a, a t-shirt if you're a guy that you think, you know, like a polo shirt when you shouldn't be wearing that or whatever. So look at the business, like the business workwear on those sorts of places, which are like classic, you know, not super over the top, but just like classic workwear. And then you can go to, I mean, you can go to H&M and buy it. Don't get it too tight. <laughs> buy it a size up if you tend to do that. Um, you know, make sure it fits right. But yeah, I mean, H&M, like their workwear is actually great. And so get your ideas from like Banana Republic or J. Crew. If you don't know what to wear, write down the pieces that you want to get, go to H&M. But in the worst case, get like yourself a dark pair of pants and a matching blazer or skirt, it's fine, that is like hits the top of your knee at the shortest for your interview, right? I mean, I never wear anything that long normally, but for your interview, top of the knee at the shortest um, and like a button down shirt or a relatively conservative blouse. Yeah. I mean, it's a balance, right? I, I would always, I'm a different generation, right? So I would always say overdress, right? Dress more formal for sure. than the position. But then for me, that means a suit. And then I've heard all these things about Silicon Valley. They'd laugh you out of there. They don't want you because you look old. Fine. There's I mean, a few, it, there, there's there, a there, few there, there may be some weird stuff there. But so, try to get that. First of all, see if you know anyone at the company and ask. Um, I mean, you like, can even ask the HR person you've talked to. Like, yeah. what's what's expected they don't want you to fail yeah yeah but then the other thing is and this may go against what i'm what we just said but try to find something that you feel pretty comfortable in right the the the, it's not necessarily something appropriate or not but if you feel uncomfortable in it or vulnerable or it doesn't fit or you think it doesn't fit right this isn't Mm -hmm. objective this is subjective you're it's so much harder to do a good interview i mean if you're already like oh my god you know, this this doesn't fit right, or I don't like this color, or they're going to notice that my shoes yeah. are scuffed or something. Just make sure you're comfortable in it. And it may not be comfortable a comfortable outfit for you, right? You may, be, you may feel weird in these formal clothes, but within that range, find something you, you feel pretty good about. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's great advice. So when I, uh, when I testified in my first trial as an expert witness, um, they want very conservative, very formal business wear like full suits I didn't own any of this I never wear that in my regular life and the the law firm or I guess the client was like you will buy yourself five outfits because it's five days of trial we will pay for it we'll spend whatever you want yeah because your authority (laughs) came from partly from your clothes absolutely um and so I bought myself like a pair of Prada pumps which I still love they're very nice um but I bought a couple suits from J Crew, which I felt the most professional in and I bought a couple of Hugo Boss suits, and one of them, oh my God! Uh, so I don't feel at all that gray like, one. That gray one, I don't feel like myself at all. But it's like this super like stretchy fabric. It, it's like a tweed, like a not not full on like Coco Chanel kind of tweed, but it looks like a gray tweed, and it's got that sort of texture. But it's super stretchy. It is so comfortable. Like to wear a pencil skirt, where normally I wear like really you know a lot of volume. Uh, on purpose, it's much more comfortable. To wear a pencil skirt feels very constricting, but this thing is like way stretchier than a t-shirt. 
but it doesn't look at but all. You look like a boss in it. I mean, it's good. I look badass in yeah, it. Yeah, and you felt like you looked badass in it, which is really awesome. And so now, whenever I go to court or deposition, I wear that every time because it's like this is the thing where like I don't even notice it once it's on, right? Yeah. Like I just feel like I can do the thing, so that's really important. For a first date, it. I mean, that depends on what you're doing, right? I've had first dates at also, hockey games. Also, I overdress. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember what you wore on our first. I don't remember what I wore on our. Well, first It was too date damn warm. Because it was about a million, it degrees. Was a million degrees. I was sweating into my pants, but you know, yeah, I yeah. didn't did not wear a suit to the dinner that we had. <laughs> that would have looked stupid. No, yeah, it would have. But it was fancier than a t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, I you know I wear a lot of dresses, so like have like a staple of the wardrobe, at least for women. I don't know what the equivalent would be for men, but a staple of the wardrobe is like a dress that like you could put with heels and like wear out to someplace sort of fancy, but you can also wear it with like sneakers or like flat sandals and like hang out, you know, on a blanket at a picnic. Like finding one of those, I had a couple of those, they were like jersey dresses and they had like big giant flowered prints on them. And they were super cute and like really comfy. And yeah. we kind of go, like those are good. If you're dating and you're going on a bunch of dates, like have a couple dresses like that. And again, even more than in interviews, feel comfortable or feel yeah. attractive and then you're like 90% there. That's exactly it. Feeling attractive is exactly right. Um, why does Woods keep his collar on? Because we sometimes need to drag him or stop drag him or, or grab around. him. It's a, we, the dogs that are unpredictable or keep their collars on longer because it's a yeah. place to grab. Uh and if he wanders away, it has your has the name on it and phone number. How do you find time for your jobs, the dogs, the dog accounts, and your running your running accounts? How do you balance all that with personal time? I get this question a ton. Yeah, well, online. the dogs are the personal time. Yeah, I mean, we don't do a lot of stuff. Like you see, almost the entirety of our lives, dogs, for me, running, and then you know, the, work is and then work. There's not much to show. Yeah, uh, but I try really hard to integrate the kind of hobby stuff I'm doing with something else, right? So like we have the dogs, like that's our family. And so we try to make the social media like as low effort as possible yeah. integrated into our life. We're um, not making them do anything that they're not already going to do usually. Yeah. When it's, when I feel like I'm stressed about stuff, I'm like, I'm just, you know what? I don't have to do that. Like, we're not living on this. I don't have to do it. Um, yeah. And like the running account, I've been posting a lot less on the last couple weeks because just like I've, you know, been busy and whatever. Um, but but so say like all this TikTok stuff I'm doing now, like the professional TikTok that I posted, I was saying to Giordad over dinner, I'm like, all of these videos that I'm making, you know, these one minute videos, like here's this TikTok strategy to get yourself to show up higher in the algorithm. I'm putting all of those in my class that I'm teaching this summer on how to be an influencer. So I've got like, you know, 40 minute lectures on that stuff, but I'm like, it'll be great to have like, here's the one minute TikTok because you know, they don't watch the lectures all the time. They don't do all the readings. And so if they're at least getting the gist of stuff to apply, or I can give them you know, like some of them are going to be working on TikTok. Some are going to be working on Twitter. So the Twitter ones don't need all these TikTok tips to to kind of be able to sample it and see it. So it's stuff where like it's easy for me, but it is work. But I kind of can make it into work and stuff that's going to be productive for other things. And yeah. I mean, our TV and movie watching suffers. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, that's we haven't done that very much recently. Um we watched Jurassic Shark. So, <laughs> so I I was like on, so we have a Roku TV, right? So when you turn it on, there's like a bunch of apps and stuff. And isn't somebody eating something? I just worry about that sound. It's being chewing her toenails. Oh, that's what a weirdo. Okay. So I turn on the Roku TV and then like in the little side where they advertise channels, there's some haunted London something. And like ghost shows are the best background tv for me i don't pay any attention to them crime procedurals fork for you too i don't watch oh you watch like 48 hours what was it the first 48 like yeah. sometimes but I, the ghost shows are way better background tv so i was like oh okay i click on that and it's like oh 
this will install the watch free <laughs> flicks app on your roku and i'm like okay like sounds sketchy but let's do it so watch free flicks installs and it's like a bunch of crappy movies and tv shows like real off-brand kind of stuff and it's got commercials interspersed with it uh which is why it's free flicks i guess it's such a bad deal <laughs> <laughs> so i'm oh it's it's terrible i mean i'm sorry free flicks people but uh it has a problem some other low budget roku channels have had that we've installed where like it buffers a lot in the middle it's very hard to watch stuff because it just gets interrupted in the <laughs> it's middle. like watching it on on youtube not premium like i think it's worse actually mm -hmm. <laughs> so anyway i was scrolling through what was available on watch free flicks and they had a category of movies called sharks we love to hate and it was a bunch of these like b-movie shark films not even sharknado oh no that would have that is a whole different category no so there were like nine of them i was like well we need to watch all of these like this sounds like it will be very fun and i'm gonna live tweet them when we watch it and so we watched jurassic shark and it's got a poster of like this big like giant shark right uh, and then like this kind of yacht and there's a lady in a bikini falling off the yacht and these like super rough ocean waters and there's like a helicopter hovering above the shark. So we're anticipating something like that. Literally nothing except a bikini lady from that poster was in the movie. There are zero helicopters. The movie was shot on a lake in Canada, a freshwater lake in Canada. Yeah. And somehow there's a megalodon in there, but the megalodon which is supposed to be this giant shark. It was more like a juvenile great white shark. It varies from like three feet large to, you know, 150,000 feet, <laughs> like 747 size. Nothing about being Jurassic is ever mentioned. It just shows up and eats a bunch of people. There's an art heist. <laughs> so, so these... Of course there is. There, some people show up and they have a stolen painting and they're going to escape on this lake. It's a little lake. Like you can see across the lake. It doesn't connect to anything. So they're just going to row to the other side of the lake. They're doing this heist getaway in a rowboat on a lake. And then they end up on some little island in the middle of the lake. It, it's so bad. And half the plot is that the painting falls into the water and they're always trying to retrieve the painting. So like it wouldn't just like run. It wouldn't destroy the painting to be underwater. I mean, these things bother me. Yeah. <laughs> these plot points bother me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It was really bad. Uh, so don't ever say we didn't watch any movies because we watched Jurassic Shark and I've got like a bunch more lined up. We haven't been able to watch all nine in the last three days. I mean, no. that's a real sacrifice <laughs> we're making for, for our art. All right. Let's see. All right. Let's do a couple more. Um, does she or dad have any hometown stories? SSDGM. This is a hometown murder story. Do you have any? Do you, like somebody you went to high school die or was there like a famous murder? in like a town you grew up in even if you weren't there a member of your family murder somebody i don't think so i don't think we had anything dark uh going on and or, or my family never told me it's possible that it was all happening outside my event horizon no murders in your like high school or nah car accidents but you know that's kids died in car accidents but that's kind of normal in the midwest so I'll give you like a short version of mine. This is not the one that I would write into my favorite murder. But uh, when I was in high school, one of the girls that I went to high school with was like babysitting. I think she I think it was for like her cousin. Anyway, she was babysitting somewhere and I think it was at her house. And uh, and she lived in a trailer park. And this creepy guy, I guess, had been like scoping her out around the trailer park. And she was, so she was obviously home alone with this baby. And the guy broke in to the house while she was alone. I think he raped her and she got away and hid in the bathroom. And he lit the trailer on fire and burned it down and she died. God. Uh, there's a, yes, just, it was just terrible, brutal. And uh, I think there's a, forensic files about it like one of those true crime shows like from the early 2000s did wow. a thing on it but the guy got arrested and went to jail um but that's like when i was in high school with her that that happened so it's you know i lived way out in the country so it was unusual to have 
I guess I, I guess I have something, but it's not personal. When I was in okay. the end of law school and going into my law firm job in D.C., I lived in a transitional neighborhood in D.C. Yeah. Uh, and there was a shotgun killer that was killing people there, and he killed like five or six people like within three blocks of my house, yeah, where I was living. We also had a crack house across the street. That was still a thing at the time in the 90s. So there was a lot of crime. Did they catch the shotgun guy? I don't know. Probably. (laughs) I don't know. But he was killing people. I mean, it was not a safe place after dark. We had bars on the windows to keep other people out, not us in. All right, we have... Two consecutive questions about our management of dog poop. What do you do with all of it and do you scoop it? We intentionally keep this out of the snaps and everything. Mm -hmm. But basically, uh, so I was mostly the one handling yard cleanup in Maryland. Giardad. This is your yard. Just, yeah. Yeah, Giardad is mostly handling it here. Um, We pick it up and throw it in the trash. I I had a hole in Maryland. I I would dig big, deep holes in like a corner of the yard and they'd have a little thing on it and we'd... Uh, yeah, basically, you and know, that worked with one dog and two dogs really well. <laughs> yeah, uh, then eventually it was just too much dog. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's no option. You can't dig a hole here. There's nothing to do except throw it away. So that's what we do. We use recyclable or biodegradable poop bags. That's and our concession. We have crates, crates we, of we poop have, bags. I think literally thousands of those. Yeah. How expensive is it to care for all the dogs, especially if they're older, like the angel dogs? That's a fair question. It's pretty expensive. Yeah, the med- some of the medicines are really expensive. Even the flea and tick stuff is not Ugh. cheap. I was shocked at how expensive that stuff is. It, it used to hurt me. Like before I was, you know, I'd say the last five years have been a big in- uptick in my income. And before that, uh, it would hurt me <laughs> to, to go get the flea and tick. It was hard like i i don't think we could have all of these dogs especially like with their health problems but they're on prescription food i mean we spend a lot of money on them i wouldn't have been able to do it like you know on even on my like early my early professor salary was whatever eighty thousand dollars a year or something i wouldn't have been able to afford all these dogs i mean without a lot of very careful budgeting but you had Kay, and she had a lot of health problems too she must have cost you a lot of money at the time yeah, but she was one. Yep. Right? One dog. Right. Um and but yeah, I mean Voodoo's medicine is probably a few hundred dollars. I don't even add it up. I mean it's the, the nice thing is that we live well below our means. We make much more money than we spend and so we don't we don't have to like carefully budget around it, but his uh yeah, his medicines are a few hundred dollars a month and the yeah. flea and tick and then you know our dog food is $80 a bag basically, so it's not like the other stuff so it is uh you know it's a wonderful thing that we have but especially with the kind of dogs that we pick or the issues that they have it it can be really expensive and it's not it's not all that accessible yeah and we're and the, the thing that we can bridge is the sort of unexpected big chunks like the surgery right like guac who mm-hmm. is otherwise quite cheap in upkeep yep had you know it's a brillo pad and it's and it's thousands of dollars in in surgery fees right and it's you know get pet health insurance do the whole absolutely dog rates pet health insurance because it will if your dog has anything it's worth it yeah um but the, the, it's the emergency medical expenses we have the luxury of being able to say what's best for our dogs not can we afford this treatment or this surgery here's a good one why was Maggie's nickname Shmi? For the, for the OG squad followers. Yeah. Uh, Shmi! <laughs> she was, I miss her so much. Uh, so, yeah, we got Maggie and Jasmine together, and those were their names that they came with. And uh, Jasmine just stayed Jasmine or sometimes Jasmine, but Maggie, I would call her Maggles for a while, and then Meagles, and then it was like Shmeagle. And then it was just schmeeg yeah. is what I settled on. Um, so, But it definitely stuck, and it's funny, and it, it was easy to sing. Really fun to say schmeeg. Yeah. Fun to Somebody asked me today, like, how do you pick names for your dogs? Like, we're getting a dog. You always have such great names. And I was like, well, we do this, we do this. I'm like, but also it has to be really fun to say. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if you get joy out of saying it every time, it really goes a long way to making you have a good day. Yeah. I well, mean, then, and then we discovered that schmeeg means, you know, to... Nestle up against someone, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ich schmiege dich. Ich schmiege mich an. 
Yeah. Schmiege mich an. So good. Um, a lot of people ask about, like, what's the maximum number of dogs? Variations on that. Uh, it really depends on the dogs. Like, the yeah. seven, when we had seven, you know, last month, it was too many. Yeah, it was like, too it many was really because we had, we had two that, that needed the elevator and that were really fragile. And, and then we had two that are just totally hyperactive and throw their bodies around. And, and it was really hard to keep those two groups separate and happy yeah it was a a lot of work and it was stressful to manage all of it It, so it's not that any one of them was bad Mm -hmm. but but it crossed that threshold into just like everyday life was was tough dealing with all the stuff that they had to deal with you know when we had the six when we had the original squad right hopper vink maggie jasmine queso and riley um, especially before riley started getting sick Oh, it, it was, was a dream. nothing. It was I mean, a dream. It was no different than having two dogs, except, you know, the cleanup and like More the bodies. logistics. Yeah. If we had added a seventh dog like them, that would have been fine. So so it feels like given what we kind of end up with, <laughs> that that five or six is right. We could in, we could handle another one if they are mellow and sort of not fragile low maintenance yeah we tend to pick the high maintenance ones so (laughs) yeah i mean we both felt like ooh, like this is you know we're not at all stressed normally with the dogs and you know like voodoo is a bit of a pain in the ass now like we got a lot of work to do with him but you know he'll get there right but generally like our day-to-day life with the dogs is not stressful but it really was especially yeah with parm and saint patrick who were so friendly. and it's a little bit in hindsight we're, we're noticing it it's a lot easier not to have to hand feed two dogs every day oh, for yeah. every meal right that was another a whole other process with with those guys because we really were concerned with getting calories in them mm-hmm. not a problem with these idiots no uh will you ever get a puppy no i mean probably it's not the plan unless we find one if we find a puppy for sure if, a, if the rescue wants to take a puppy we would totally take it but in terms of just like going and getting one uh I don't housebreaking no and look housebreaking an adult dog is way easier than housebreaking a puppy we've had to housebreak adult dogs and it takes like a week and is easy puppies are <sighs> crazy anyway and yeah. they're crazy about housebreaking too yeah no and the chewing and everything no uh it's much nicer when they come even if they come from really neglected untrained backgrounds it's just way easier puppies are so cute though they're very cute oh man you remember vank and hops Hops i I know and my brother and my niece both have puppies Uh, now they're so cute yeah but uh no i would love to have one and then just pass it off yes and not have to reverse the reverse yeah no it, it it does help us avoiding puppies to know that puppies are easily adopted and everyone wants a puppy right so we we don't feel bad about not taking the puppies yeah still uh how did you balance owning two dogs in grad school my biggest tip for that so i was married in grad school i i was basically married for like that's not her biggest tip no uh my husband at the time was not super reliable but we got divorced as soon as i got my phd I think they're unrelated. <laughs> Just they happen to run their course at the same time. Um, so like right after grad school, and for you know, I finished in four years. So a lot of people would have been going into a fifth year. Um, for my postdoc, I was just by myself. Um, the hardest thing for me with that was travel. Like I I engineered it, so I worked at home a lot. It would be hard if you weren't doing that. Um, I would have some long days on campus, so I found like a good doggy daycare near campus that I could take the dogs to. And then I found some great dog sitters who are still our dog sitters, right? Like yeah, 15 years later, um, who could stay with the dogs when I had to go overnight somewhere. And then that was a good solution. So, uh, finding good dog care for whatever you need. I, I think it's now possible in, in most cities to find people who will stay in your house with the dogs. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to trust the people, but it's kind of their job. Rover is a really good thing. That's what we used to find our dogs that are oh, yeah. down here. Um, and we had a bunch of people come to the house and interviewed them. And they were, you know, they were all nice. And some I would be like, they could totally stop in for an hour and let everybody out. And yeah, but not some, maybe overnight. Yeah. Uh, but we really clicked with the 
the woman who does it for us and she's like a marine biologist down here she's super cool so she just you know basically comes here after her job and she's great uh loves the squad loves to stay here communicates so. well like we'll, she'll text us and send us pictures and stuff so we know what's going on yep um yeah okay and then the, i guess i'll do the last there's a lot more questions sure but, we can uh, do another we can do more later um how are you and gr dad doing so this many, is a hard question many to people ask. ask to this question this is a hard question to answer these days because everything's like sucks really with the COVID thing we've tried not to talk yeah. about it though i'm not doing good i'm neither of us is doing good no we're we're holding it together i mean you know you just you just try to string the days together and everything is really unsettled right now and it's rough like my motivation is like nothing which like i'm doing all these projects and i'm running and i'm doing all this stuff like so you get like how do you say that jen but like man normally i'm operating at like way higher capacity than this and I'm very tired with a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. But then if I try to be like, you know what? I'm not doing anything. I'm going to sit on the couch. And I'm going to watch Netflix and like eat cupcakes today because I feel like crap. Then I feel terrible. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that makes me feel worse than that. So like doing um, stuff. Doing a project makes you feel better. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really have it in me for like the full kind of work projects that I normally would be doing. Like I'm, I'm absolutely taking care of everything I have to at work. But normally I'm I'm way exceeding and I'm definitely not way exceeding now. Yeah, and everything is so yeah. uncertain and so still kind of real. Well, still depressing and you can't read the news still. And it's just everything's bad. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's better. And it will get better. And it's going to keep getting better. But, but boy, it's, real it's tough right taking now. a while. Oh. Yeah. And we've also lost seven dogs in the last two years, uh, you know, half of which came in quarantine yeah you know we, and we haven't really processed either it's i that. think it's going to be real hard once like we're vaccinated and things are a little bit back to normal and and suddenly our brains start trying to deal with everything i mean i think it's going to be hard like just with the covid part of it but i think with the dog part of it to like really to have the brain say like oh this is now a thing that you have to think about i think it's going to be really tough because i know for sure i haven't processed no, the, I, we were yeah. uh, the worst thing is going through your like camera roll and seeing yeah. pictures of the dog and stuff it's still a lot of raw feelings there yeah so uh thank you a bunch of people sent that in sent no, that we're in holding together and it's and look it is super nice to get the positive feedback and encouragement and and letters and packages from all y'all because it it does help and it and it, it makes does. it it is it's such a reinforcing warm thing and it and it's great that you know everyone likes the stuff we're doing but the feedback does i mean it really helps too it's nice so nice for sure and we also like are both aware how lucky we are in a lot of ways that like you know my work went down but my core job was still there. You know, I was able to pick up some other stuff. GR Dad still had his job. The people we, around me all got fired and, and don't have jobs, and I still do. And, I mean, there's a bit that's a problem. Oh, there's a survivor guilt problems also, right? Yeah, but, I mean, we're lucky enough that we don't have to go anywhere in person. Yeah. We are quarantining in tropical paradise. We're able to work from home. That's right. Um, like, we, we're not really complaining about any of that because we know, like, tons of, you know, we're not the people who have profited off of this right the super rich people who are like now richer like that's definitely not us um but we've been able to hold it together okay and be relatively safe uh but it still sucks it turns out it still sucks yeah we we just don't like complaining about it because of all those things right yeah. because there are people that are worse off yeah all right um this is the end of our two-part podcast do you want to do a German word of the week? Yeah, I'll just... Let me tell you, Ingo, about 100 people have sent me this article <laughs> that says there's 1,200 new German words related to COVID. They sent them to me, too. <laughs> yeah, but half of them, I looked at the I mean, the, the, the headline was very pleasing, right? 1,200 new German words have been created during the coronavirus. Yeah. But half of them, I mean, you do create a German word by just mashing it with something else, right? So instead of like... The word protocol now you have corona protocol or you mm -hmm. have corona 
vacation or corona time and it's like those are not surprising words right there's also the hamster one that we have done Hamst yeah hamstakoifa hamstakoifa yeah. yeah yeah now there's a few that i liked there was helicopter geld helicopter money yeah what's that for i like that the concept is you're giving money across society to everyone which is like you you're in a helicopter just chucking out money oh. <laughs> you know that's so interesting. that's one approach to you know avoiding people losing their income draußen schule i don't know what draußen is outside school oh <laughs> school in the you know in the open yeah yeah um and it's just because it sounds good. Spuckschutzscheibe. <laughs> it does sound good. Yeah. It's Spuckschutz. Spuckschutzscheibe. Spuckschutzscheibe. Yeah. It's a spit protection window. Like a shield, a face shield? Uh, it's like the shield oh, behind the, the counters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, this is the Corona version of it, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you know, a, a, next to the cash register. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. But it sounds good. Spuckschutzscheibe. And it sounds... Spucken is to spit, right? So it sounds bad. I mean, yeah. it's a very, I think, kind of gross sounding word where it's like spit protection window. <laughs> it sounds like people are spitting at each other. They're, they're sliding those bacillin all over the place. <laughs> yeah. So there's so some good words there, but a lot of them are just you put corona in front of something or you put pandemic in front of something or behind something. And it's, you know, they're words that already exist and they're boring. Yeah. All right. Well, let me give you the conch life. For the week, man in stolen car arrested after pursuit. You know, I like these. Yeah, like these are good. There's been a real lack of these re recently. A 20-year-old Hallandale Beach, Florida man was arrested after he fled from deputies in the Florida Highway Patrol in a stolen vehicle Saturday afternoon. Dwayne was charged with <laughs> grand, grand theft of a motor vehicle, fleeing, reckless driving, child abuse, and having no valid driver's license. The sheriff's office aired a bolo. Ah, oh, be on the lookout. For a black Lincoln Continental. Ooh, yeah. old school. Heading southbound in Key Largo. Deputy Hansen spotted the vehicle traveling southbound on US-1 at mile marker 103. He activated his lights and siren, but the vehicle did not stop. <laughs> Deputy Hansen was soon joined by Deputy Victor Morales. The suspect vehicle reached speeds of 90 miles an hour while cutting off other motorists. I bet he was. The suspect vehicle exited US-1 at Park Drive. That's a mistake. And then re-entered US-1 traveling northbound. So he basically... Oh, he's trying to go... Around. He realized it's a dead-end street. Yep. Deputies successfully deployed tire spikes at mile marker 107. Nice. I love <laughs> spike strips. So I grew up watching cops, right? Uh, like, I... You know, it's sort of problematic. I didn't realize it at the time. So we watched cops every Saturday. And in fact, cops was for a while was on like every channel all, at all times you could watch cops and so i've watched probably every episode of cops and i loved in the car chases when they would like put out the spike strips uh so deputies deployed the spike strips <laughs> at mile marker 107 the lincoln stopped at mile marker 108 <laughs> things will deflate your tires nelson was identified as the driver 16 year old male passenger was in the passenger seat that's Ho the child endangerment. I guess. Hollywood Police Department was notified of the recovered stolen vehicle. It was learned Nelson had active warrants out in Miami-Dade for aggravated battery on a law enforcement officer and for fleeing and eluding. Nelson was taken to jail. The juvenile was not charged. Good. There you go. Okay. Bad guy caught. Bike strips. Good work. Yeah, that's that's not, you know, there's no whodunit here. They done, they done it. Look, man, if you're driving 90 miles an hour in the Keys, you need just tires spiked and you need to go to jail in a stolen car uh, yeah <laughs> but look i understand like if you're just driving around your stolen car like you shouldn't steal a car <laughs> but <laughs> that like, maybe you don't need super aggressive oh fair for enough. someone who's yeah, yeah, just yeah. tooling around in a 20 miles an hour in a stolen car but if you're driving 90 miles an hour like somebody's gonna die if you keep doing that that's true says so spike strips good yeah oh yeah definitely all right. Well, thank you for joining us for these two extremely long podcasts and for sending us all your questions. May not be that interesting, but it's, you know, it's always easy for me to give advice. Everybody's going to be like, I wonder if they'll answer my question. And then like 400 people are going to be like, damn it, they did not answer my oh, question. Suck. <laughs> I hate them. Unfollow. That's okay. I got more followers on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Please. Ruthless. Just ruthless. <laughs> I can't answer all your questions, you guys. 
Tell Gio Dad to quit his job, and then he can just answer questions. Oh, that could eight be my, hours a day. That could be my uh, occupation. Q&A. My, my calling. Until next week, don't bite anyone unless they ask you to. Mask up and don't bite. Bye. Bye. Bye.